0: We're going to get right into this. It's Big John, hey, on uh, Americana, the American Way. Um, I don't know, it's almost 5 a.m. and I can't sleep, so I slept a little bit today. But anyhow, um, WWE had one of their, We used to be one of the big four pay-per-views today. The Survivor Series. And I have watched every Survivor Series since it started in 1987 or 88. And this was the one I looked forward to the least. The least of all. And there was just no build-up. There were no... Aside from Charlotte Flair... And uh, Becky Lynch. uh, And a little, they did maybe a two-week build to the big Roman Reigns versus Big E Langston. uh, World champion versus world champion match. I really just felt disappointed in this. There There was nothing, nothing. No meaning to anything. Nothing meaningful about this. So, um, I came out of it liking it a little more than I did when I, uh, first decided to watch, but as far as this being a WWE tradition, I just was thoroughly disappointed in how they put the whole thing together. So... With that, this is Americana, the American way. I am Big John. I post on Rumble and on Spotify. Anchor.fm is the main platform for this podcast. And uh, you can download the Anchor app and have your own podcast if you want to. Also, um, on Twitter and Gab... I am at the real underscore Big John, and on parlor, my handle is the real big John all one word. So let's get into this. I'm going to do a little fantasy booking to start this out. This is what should have happened. You have raw. versus SmackDown. The raw All Star Men and the SmackDown All Star Men. And then you have the raw Smack Raw versus SmackDown All Star Women's Survivor Series match. Okay? That's two matches. Now with the cuts the WWE is making lately, it's surprising they have any stars left, have any talent left, have any wrestlers left, however you want to say it, you could also bring up people from NXT uh, and throw them in there somewhere, somehow, that did not happen, I I think it happened in years past, but anyways, Johnny Ace, or John Laurinaitis, Bruce Pritchard, and Nick Kahn, no relation to Tony Kahn. Of AEW. Are. Ruining this company. Ruining. Sports entertainment for us fans. Not getting off on that rant. If you had. The Raw All Stars. Versus the Smackdown All Stars. The Raw. Women All Stars. Versus the Smackdown Women All Stars. That would have been a good match. Now you did have a. A month or a couple weeks feud between the New Day and the Bloodline, as Roman Reigns calls his faction. So you add two more people to the New Day and two people to the um, Bloodline, and those four individuals have some kind of feud going on with each other. That's another Survivor Series match. So now we have a total of three Survivor Series matches. This is what the whole pay-per-view used to be. I mean, Hulk Hogan, for the first few uh, Survivor Series matches, he didn't even defend a title. He was on a team of wrestlers. And there would be like three or four teams. And then you might have like the Intercontinental title match be a separate match. Because that was like the workhorse title back in the day. So... In my fantasy booking, I said you could have... You know... The IC title versus the US title. That would be a fourth match on the card. This only had five or six matches on the whole thing. Because the... uh, Survivor Series matches take so much time. Uh... You have to have at least five pinfalls, usually more than that. But then, after you have your SmackDown versus two SmackDown versus Raw matches, you have your, let's just say, New Day plus two other people versus the Bloodline versus two uh, and two other people. Then you could have your Intercontinental title match. Would, would, would have and back in my day that would have been the show stealer, or you could have had you know the women's title match, uh, which they had on this pay per view. So you could have had the Charlotte versus Becky grudge match, and then maybe one other gimmick match. But the thing that WWE used to be known for is feuds or storylines or angles or whatever you want to call them. This was just thrown together. And the wrestlers put on good matches. But there were so many matches where there was no payoff. I didn't really watch a lot of it. So. That being said. I also thought that. And it did. This did actually play out in the end. When we talk about the women's. uh, Survivor Series match. But. They could have taken Tony Storm or Rhea Ripley, who everybody in wrestling is big on Rhea Ripley. Except for Nick Khan, Johnny Ace, John Laurinaitis, and Bruce Prichard. Which, by the way, Johnny Ace and John Laurinaitis are the same person, if you don't know that. And he's never worked anywhere and drawn a frickin' dime. He's Road Roadwear Animal's brother. And he... I think he only got to wrestle because he was Animal's brother. But anyways. That's another story. Um, if they were taking Tony Storm or Rhea Ripley and it gets down to four women on this team, maybe all five women are left on one team. And... Let's just say Rhea, because she's the one that everybody wanted to see be a huge star coming from NXT to the supposedly main roster. Rhea Ripley, last person left on her team. She's got four other women on the other team. She has to overcome the odds, and she tears through everyone. You know... Maybe not tears through you, and there's got to be a little drama, like, oh, she's four, it's four against one. How can she overcome those odds? Okay, I get that, but she ends up winning the match for her team being the last one left. Now you've launched Rhea Ripley into another level. Or the same thing, they they brought Tony Storm in, who's a very young woman, uh Rhea Let me stick on her for a minute and say something Rhea looks like she would tear you to pieces Whether you're a dude or a woman She's only 5'7 Which I'm 6'4 So I can say only 5'7 uh, But she wears boots that have a heel and a thick sole So she looks more like 5'9 or 5'10 I honestly thought she was almost 6 foot till the other day I saw a meme Where she's towering over someone and somebody put well it's only a five inch difference in Zelina Vega and uh Rhea Ripley. Sorry for the shitty impression there. Um but anyway. So you have Rhea go on this tear and make her like just this little try to make a spotlight so you guys can actually see me, but I think it's making it worse. Um you have Rhea go on this tear overall. Don't make her champion right off the bat. Just send her on a winning streak. Put her in there against the legends of women's wrestling. Uh, Send her back down to NXT for a a, a one-time thing where she calls out Beth Phoenix. Beth is diesel under those suits that she wears i've seen pictures of her uh on instagram and her home workouts and she looks as good today as she did when she was uh, in her prime wrestling 10 that was it 10 years ago maybe longer than that because she was on the indies and in developmental for a long time before she got that main Ross that WWE call up but anyways let Rhea Ripley fight Beth Phoenix and it would be a good match because they're both you know strong women they're both great workers they both know how to tell a story in the ring so that would be a good match but let her call out the legends of women's wrestling you know, not Charlotte Flair yet, not Becky Lynch yet. <clears throat> Let re- every pay-per-view feed her, let's say, Lita, Trish Stratus, um, Victoria. The ones that are retired but can still go. Um, and uh, what Michelle McCool maybe. Trying to think of some other uh, top notch women's wrestlers. But let her become the new legend killer. Let Randy Orton continue to wrestle, but make him her mouthpiece. Let him do her talking for her. Because she's not good on the mic, which Vince Russo thinks. How can you get this far in professional wrestling and not be uh, good on the mic and have to read cue cards? Vince, shut up. You don't know wrestling. So, you know, put Rhea Ripley on that tear. Tony Storm is another one they brought up from NXT to all the with all these vignettes and you thought she was gonna get a big push and then you don't see her for weeks. And when you do see her, she's being hit on by uh, Dolph Ziggler, a friend of mine from college. Uh, and that's the extent of her push. Now, tonight in the women's uh, Royal Rumble match, she did have a good run, uh, Tony Storm, as did Rhea Ripley. And we'll get to that match later. Um, so, that's just my fantasy booking sort of thing for uh, Rhea Ripley and also the how this pay per view I felt should have went. It, what, it did drag out for four hours. Uh, the pre-show started at 7. Which I thought that's when the main show would start. But it was the pre-show. Uh, there was one match on the pre-show. And. Uh, then the regular card started at 8 o'clock. And. It went on to almost 11.30. I looked at. The clock and it was 11:20 because I was getting tired. Like I couldn't watch this much longer. Um, and that was during, sadly, during the Big E uh, Roman Reigns match, which was a good wrestling match. I was uh, rather impressed with the wrestling, just not the build-up and the the booking of it. Uh, on the pre-show, Vince pulls up in a limo. It's, it's always good to see Vince McMahon. He's been a hero of mine since, you know, the '80s. Uh, he's been a big wrestling is a big part of my life. It's one of my favorite forms of entertainment, and so I really like Vince McMahon. It's always good to see him on television, though he can't be on TV as much. He's in his '70s, although he is a a jacked, <laughs> ripped muscular 70 some year old but still uh, his face is showing his age and, and uh I think his, his, the way that he's running WWE is showing his age but anyhow Vince pulls up in a limo he gets out with this golden egg which I thought was a tribute to the gobbledygooker I'm like what the gooker laid a golden egg what the hell is this And he, when he gets out of the limo, it's kind of weird. He like he goes like this to the, his hands a little bit lower, but he like tells the wrestlers and people are standing there to cheer him, and they do. And then he like, like look the egg, and he holds this ugly golden egg out, and he. Uh, says, look, the egg, and then he tells him, come on, come on, cheer, and then, yay, the egg, the egg, the egg. Uh, or the, the wrestlers start chanting, egg, egg, egg. And uh, was it Dana Brooke is there, like, kind of worshipping the egg some way or something? It, it was funny, but it, like, what? what's the point of this? Uh, it had nothing to do with the gobbledygooker. Uh, those of you that don't know what the heck I'm talking about you can google that it was a big surprise at uh, uh, Survivor Series many years ago it turned out to be a guy in a turkey costume that Vince thought kids will just love this it, it, I was a kid when that hat the gooker, came out and I did think it was f- it was funny it was a comedy act more than uh, anything else. I had to take my half because I was sweating. Uh, so, uh, they had that. The big thing about tonight, uh, this was the 25th anniversary of The Rock's debut. Uh, he came out as Rocky Villa with uh, big Jerry curl hair. Uh, I mean, looking great. The Rock's never not been in great shape and always been a phenomenal athlete in the ring. Uh, When he got a little more popular a couple years later uh, and got into steroids, uh, he, as everybody who gets on steroids, lost a little of his uh, athleticism and flexibility. But nonetheless, this was the 25th anniversary of The Rock's debut at Royal Rumble. Um And then this was also the 23rd anniversary of The Rock going from the People's Champion to the Corporate Champion. And I kind of forgot how they did this. Mick Foley was going to be the Corporate Champion, or Mankind, pardon me, was going to be Corporate Champion and be Vince and Shane's uh, puppet. And then uh, The Rock... Puts mankind in the sharpshooter, and what they did was they spoofed the uh, Montreal screw job. Shane McMahon jumps in the ring and starts telling the uh, timekeeper to ring the bell. Vince is outside the ring screaming, "Ring the bell, ring the bell!" And Mick Foley hasn't tapped out yet, so they spoofed the the. Uh, Montreal screw job and turned The Rock into the corporate champion. That was the night Rocky went from corporate people's champion to corporate champion. Uh, uh, and they showed highlights of that. This was the 23rd anniversary of that. Uh, also, something notable t- uh, tonight Natalia came out, uh, and as she was making her entrance for the uh, Team SmackDown Survivor Series match versus team raw uh, they announced that she's the winningest female wrestler in WWE history which strikes me in a couple ways but i remember hearing 20 21 years ago whatever uh, when they took they completely pulled the veil off of wrestling and said look guys, this is a soap opera for the men, they uh, said that, you know, or Jim Ross said, I've never seen a win-loss record book in wrestling, but I believe, yeah, Natalia probably is the, the uh, winningest woman in women, in WWE women's wrestling history, uh, and for a while, she was my favorite female wrestler, Um and then I kind of got sick of her and now I I like watching her wrestle again, she does put on a good match, and she can carry the younger women that aren't as uh, well-rounded to a good match. But let's get into analyzing this uh, pay-per-view. One thing you're going to hear, the first match out was the best match of the night. It was the... Uh, match that I felt, the only match I really felt had a, a build-up to it. You know, I'm just going to turn this off and sit in the shadows again, because that, that spotlight idea of mine is not working. People on the podcast can't see, but I had a little super bright flashlight shining on myself for a spotlight. Um, so, Becky versus Charlotte. Uh, people thought this would turn into a shoot fight which is when a fight turns real in the ring uh, or is either planned or uh, just gets real because somebody's not doing what they're supposed to be doing or the two wrestlers have legitimate beef with each other. Uh, This was not a shoot fight, a shoot match in any way, okay, at all. No way, shape, or form was this a shoot, no matter what anybody tries to tell you. Uh, they worked sh- what's called strong style through the entire match. And it was a really good wrestling match. Becky came out in this, I, I know you think I'm getting off track about the women and the looks. She wore these boots that when they came up to her knees, they came to a point, And the point ended about mid-quad. Middle for quadricep muscle. And I just kind of thought to myself, "Hey, those boots are foreign objects." Uh, the, you know, in the old days, they used to guy would put a roll of quarters or uh, sometimes the bar soap from the hotel and hit the other wrestler with it. And oh my gosh, he just hit him with a foreign object and knocked him out cold. Anyways, I thought, you know, those boots are going to end up knocking Charlotte's eye out at some point. Uh, the other thing about Becky's attire, um, and this is not me being a dirty old man, the back of her ring gear kept was either in a constant uh wedgie or at times it was like she was wearing a thong. Uh and there were a couple of times when Charlotte grabbed her by the the seat of her uh ring gear and the, you know, upper back part of it and made sure that you saw that it looked like she was wearing a thong as she tossed Becky across the ring or into the post or something. Um, And Becky's a self-conscious wrestler, so I don't think she did this on purpose. I think it was like maybe she should have tried on the attire a few days ahead of time and said, this doesn't fit. I don't know how she came to wear this, but even though she's got abs now, and you see in her workout videos, and uh, sometimes when she wears uh, something with a a bare midriff, bare stomach area, you can see she's got abs, but she won't wear any. She's said that she's so self-conscious about her stomach and her look that she wear makes sure she makes sure she wears stuff that covers her stomach because whenever somebody sits down, there's just naturally that kind of loose skin or it looks like fat, and she doesn't like that, so I don't think she would purposely wear something that showed off her gluteus muscles, uh, but nonetheless that's the way her attire looked the entire match um, <clears throat> That being said. These two put on a great match. I really didn't know who was going to win, even though it was expected Becky would win. Um, There's legit heat with Charlotte. And I've heard a few interviews with Charlotte, like on uh, Renee Paquette's Oral Sessions podcast. And uh, honestly, I think Charlotte thinks she's bigger than the women's wrestling division. And... <clears throat> she is. She is their most popular, most talented female wrestler with the exception well uh, you know Rhea Ripley is on Charlotte's level in wrestling skills. Bianca Belair certainly is. Uh, Tony Storm. Uh Sasha Banks. I saw Sasha and Charlotte have a um, a great match at the Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic, and Sasha dominated the match. I thought, wow, this is kind of weird. This little small chick is dominating, you know, six-foot-tall, muscular build, Charlotte Flair. Um, but they had a great match together, uh, and Sasha won. Sasha was the... I think she was the NXT Women's Champion at the time. Anyhow, but... Charlotte has a huge ego, right now, and they're saying there's a lot of backstage heat between her and the other women's wrestlers. And Charlotte was actually escorted out of the building at one point. Uh, Becky Lynch did win this match. There was the Charlotte had Becky rolled up, and Charlotte grabbed uh, the ring ropes for leverage, and the ref caught her. And then Becky reversed the roll-up. And uh, as the referee's hand was coming down for the three, Becky grabbed the bottom rope for leverage. um, And both women held their titles up and said, I'm the real winner. I'm the real winner. Uh, After the match was over, there were a few instances of Some serious smacking each other in the face. Some flurries of slaps. Uh, And like I said, they worked strong style the whole match. If you saw a body slam, it was a legit body slam. It wasn't a worked body slam. But that's strong style. That's not a shoot fight. It's not a shoot match, whatever you want to call it. Okay? Okay. Uh, in no particular order, that was like that was my number one match on the card. That was the best match of the night. Okay, Roman Reigns versus Big E. Uh, I would have liked to have seen Big E go over. I thought Brock Lesnar would run in and do a DQ uh, to set up Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Uh, Before the match, Kayla Braxton surprised Paul Heyman uh, in an interview and she announced that Brock Lesnar's indefinite suspension is over, which made you think even more that Brock was going to come out and interfere in this match. Uh, He did not. Big E and Roman put on a great match. I was really impressed with this match. However, uh, the build to it just wasn't good. So it, it really caused two guys to put their everything on the line. Uh, great, great work. Great work by both. I like Big E more and more every week. And I was already a Big E fan. Uh, but his athleticism and talent impresses me more and more every match. Uh, he ended up losing clean to Roman uh, when Roman hit him with a spear. I thought that was pretty lame. I thought Biggie needed and deserved the the rub more than uh, Roman Romans established as a dominant wrestler. Uh, And Roman is like, he's supposed to be a heel. He wrestles like a heel. He talks like a heel. But when he comes out, he gets the biggest cheer of the night. The biggest pop, as we call it. So, nonetheless, Roman wins clean uh, in a great match overall. Um, The Usos versus RK Bro... Uh, At the beginning, I just kind of went, eh, okay. And really, I didn't watch much of this match. I played on my cell phone. Uh, Randy Orton has now appeared on more pay-per-views than anyone in WWE history, which makes makes a lot of sense because during his era, when did he start? 2003 or something? In the last 18 years, there have been more pay-per-views than ever in history. But he's been on almost all of them, it seems like. Unless he was taking time off or uh, hurt. He's been on just about every pay-per-view since, uh, I think he started in 2003. And he's a great wrestler. Um, At the end of this match, uh, one of the Usos, I still can't tell them apart. Well, they're twins, so... But anyway, uh, one of the usos was getting ready to was diving off the top rope to frog splash Matt Riddle, and Randy came from out of nowhere and hit him with the RKO as he was, you know, a few feet above Riddle off the mat. The RKO is a great uh, gif. There are a lot of gifs where some guys like falling down or tripping and then all of a sudden out of nowhere comes Randy Orton and it looks like he's getting the RKO. Um that was it was an okay match I guess. I didn't see much of it. RKO. RK Bro wins via RKO by RKO. <laughs> uh Shinsuke versus Damian Priest. This ended up on the pre-show. <clears throat> and as good as these two guys are I thought this was going to be a match of the night candidate um, it wasn't they put on a good match I can't say anything bad about either guy they're both great workers but it just I think because they knew they were being stuck on the pre-show and not many people were going to watch, maybe they didn't go all in. Or maybe I was just like disappointed in the pay-per-view so much beforehand. Uh, It just didn't seem like a good match to me. Not to the standard that these two guys are accustomed to or what I'm accustomed to seeing from them. Um, And actually both guys are almost too smooth. They're so smooth. They're such smooth wrestlers. They tell the story in the ring. They—they're just so good. It's almost like they're too smooth. Um, <clears> this <throat> so was not the show stealer I thought it would be. Uh, Shinsuke wins by disqualification because this Rick Boog guy is outside the ring with his guitar. And I guess when he starts playing his guitar, Shinsuke gets fired up. And Shinsuke does not need this idiot following him to the ring. First off and foremost. But nonetheless, this guy follows uh, Shinsuke to the ring. Um, So, where was I? Damien Priest jumps out of the ring... Breaks Rick Boog's guitar. Knocks Rick Boog out with it. And then knocks um, Shinsuke out with the guitar. Or what's left of it. And then Jessica Carr calls for the DQ. Lady Ref Jess. She's pretty gorgeous in her own right, in my opinion. Um, we had the Raw Men versus the SmackDown Men. I just... I put in my notes, this was lame It was lame. There, there were no feuds between any of the people in the match. It was like, ooh, I really like the Raw brand. Or, ooh, I really like the SmackDown brand. And nobody <laughs> feels that way about ref- WWE wrestling right now. Uh, on Team Raw, you had the far more talent. Uh, You had Bobby Lashley, you had Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and Austin Theory. I really thought Austin Theory, well, he did get a big rub out of this. He was down, he was one of the final two for Team Raw. So, it seems like he's getting a push, so he'll probably be cut next week. Uh, Laid off, what what do they call it, released, whatever strange the way WWE is working right now. But uh, this Austin Theory, I think, could be somebody big in the future. Um, He's got the look, he's got the mic skills, he's got the charisma, he's got it. In wrestling, they talk about it. Do you have the it factor? And he does. Um, That being said, Team SmackDown was Xavier Woods, who I hope, he gets a really big push. Uh, King of the Ring is a big deal. But it, he needs to be more than that. He's a great wrestler. He seems like a great person. Yes, he was in the infamous Paige, uh video. Um, Paige, wow. She's a stunning woman. Uh, anyhow... Sorry, I got my mind wandering now about Paige. Anyway, uh, then you had Jeff Hardy. 20 years ago, Jeff Hardy was one of my favorites. Okay, I mean, when you went and watched the Hardy Boys versus Edge and Christian, uh, then the Hardy Boys versus Edge and Christian versus the Dudley Boys, oh my gosh, you saw some of the most amazing, high-flying, hard-hitting, ladder matches table matches whatever you want to call them hardcore wrestling they were just phenomenal and I got to meet the Hardy Boys and Lita uh, when we were stalking wrestlers uh, behind the Gund Arena Uh, anyways they pulled up and stopped and took pictures with the fans signed autographs they were great Um, but they, Jeff Hardy's just—he's not Jeff Hardy of twenty years ago. Uh, thank God he's not the Jeff Hardy of a few years ago, who was a drug addict and alcoholic. Uh, he seems to want to clean his life up, but then he relapses. But he—I just don't care to see him wrestle anymore. Um, then um, also on Team SmackDown, you had Drew McIntyre, who I think is one of the best baby face uh, workers since Hulk Hogan. You had Seamus, I'm i t- I'm sick of Seamus too. It's like somebody pointed out tonight or today, you see the same five guys wrestling over and over, and it's like we're tired of seeing them. This match would have been so much better with uh carrying <clears throat> cross and not the medieval knight-carrying cross that they brought up to Raw and ruined, not uh, Bearcat Lee, the two ass-kicking guys that were carrying Cross and Keith Lee, that the fans loved, and Johnny Ace and Bruce Prichard and Vince McMahon destroyed. Sorry, Vince. <clears throat> Kevin Owens started off the match by walking out on his team and getting counted out. And I think it's kind of symbolic that he's getting ready to walk away from the company. Um, I think him and Charlotte Flair are going to be in AEW soon. Charlotte, because of her attitude. Uh, Kevin Owens, just because of how the creative team treats him, uh, Kevin Owens is not a steroid guy, he's not a jacked up guy, he's got an unusual body, he look, kind of looks like me, but he can wrestle, he can put on a great match, and they don't use him, um, so it came down to Seth Rollins and Austin Theory versus Jeff Hardy, Uh, I don't know why these were the final guys. Um, I think Drew McIntyre got counted out. But anyways, Austin Theory, yeah, they were trying to give him a rub so he would get over more. Uh, But he ends up getting eliminated by Jeff Hardy. I guess maybe Jeff Hardy had to be the sacrificial lamb of his team because he's run his course and he was just on the show to give him a paycheck um, and to take the pinfall. Uh, And Seth Rollins gets the pin, but Seth really didn't need that rub. He didn't need to go over. It was Austin Theory that needed to get the win for his team. And if you're not going to give that to Austin Theory, give it to one of the better talents like Finn Balor. or Who else was on team? I already forgot. Let Bobby Lashley tear through everybody. Something like that. Uh, I just don't get it, you know. Where their minds are at in their booking. It's like, oh, it's November. We have to put on a Survivor Series. So let's put it it on as half-assed as possible. December 5th is... NXT War Games, that show, the uh, NXT, the training camp for the supposed main roster, War Games will be a hundred times better than this main roster show. Uh, the, The theme of the night was, I don't care. I went. That was the note. I, these were the last two matches I wrote in my notebook. The Raw men versus the SmackDown men, and the Raw women versus SmackDown women. And both times, the only note I wrote going into this pay per view about these matches was don't care. And I still don't care about the men's match. Now, the women, for the second best match of the night. If I had to rank my three favorite matches of the night, it was Charlotte versus Becky. Number two is the Raw women versus the SmackDown women. And number three would be Big E and Roman Reigns. Because these were matches that people, even though they had terrible, well, the Big E versus Roman match had a terrible build. Uh, the Raw versus SmackDown women had no build. No one cares about the two separate brands. The, the I don't really feel like the fans have an allegiance to Raw. And then there's another group of fans that's allied with SmackDown. But anyways, this is what we got for Survivor Series matches. And this is in no particular order, by the way. So, Team Raw was Liv Morgan, Zelina Vega, Carmella, Bianca, and Rhea Ripley. Aside from the, the weak links in this match, even though I'm a Liv Morgan fan and I think she's a great person, the weak links in this match were Liv Morgan, Zelina Vega, and Carmella. Uh, team SmackDown was Shotzi Blackheart, Tony Storm, Sasha Banks, Natalya Neidhart, and Shayna Baszler. Um, Shotzi was kind of the weak link for her team. So, really, in this, I forgot that it's impossible to have a bad match when Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Sasha Banks, Natalia, and Shayna are involved. It's just not possible for those five women, whether it's a singles match, tag team matches, for those five women to have bad matches. I think you could have replaced Carmella, Zelina, or Liv with um, almost superhero chick. That way it would have been... Rhea and her tag team partner in there. But that's not that big a deal. Um, Shayna Baszler and Natalya Neidhart have been tag teaming. And they could really be a great tag team if WWE would take any tag team division seriously. But especially the women's tag team division. Um, you You should have had the Rock women's tag team champions well, you don't have a SmackDown Women's Tag Team Champions, uh, but the top tag team on SmackDown, is Natty and Shayna, and then opposite side of the ring, Rhea and uh, Nikki Cross. And I like Nikki Cross, the way she wrestles, the way she acts, the way she takes every character and gimmick they give her, and she owns it. Um... Liv Morgan is good, but she's not a polished wrestler. Uh, I just like her as a person. She just comes off like a good person when you see her interacting with her fans. Uh, I miss the Riot Squad. Ruby Riot was by far the the worker of that group. Uh, Then Sarah Logan, who's Sarah Rowe who used to be Crazy Mary Dobbins. She was the next best worker. And then Liv Morgan was kind of a superstar in training. She came out of NXT way too soon uh, before she could polish her in-ring skills. Uh, Carmella is still doing that stupid wearing the mask gimmick. And so uh, she got... She was trying to get her mask on, and she got rolled up and taken out of there right away. First person eliminated. And she seems like a pretty cool person when I see her, like, interact with fans, when I see her in interviews outside the ring, outside of the wrestling. But she's with that dirty, scroungy Corey Graves. Ugh. Anyhow. Um... And Carmella was one of the top trainers, like at NXT. You know, she was one of the wrestlers who got good, and so they, the trainers, let her work and train the newest uh, members of the Performance Center. Um, I saw her coaching uh, other wrestlers uh, at the Arnold Classic a few years ago. And she's she can work, but they just never give her the chance to work and wrestle. It's always about her looks. And she does have stunning looks. But don't get me wrong. But let somebody be a wrestler. Uh Tony Storm, I think she did have a good run in this match. Uh like I said before, I think her and Rhea should have taken on almost the whole entire other team and then gotten a big rub out of this match, a big push. Um, Tony did pin two people, but it's kind of like they're like, okay, Tony Storm's really great. Let's get out of this uh, Royal Rumble or Survivor Series match and uh, get on to Tony Storm's match versus Charlotte, which Tony Storm's going to lose. Probably in a good match, but she's going to lose to Charlotte and then that'll be the end of it. Um, She's a very attractive young lady. Uh, I think her and Rhea Ripley are both 25 at the oldest, maybe 23, 24, but they've both been wrestling a long time. They both have backstories to their lives uh, where they've gone through a lot. And they would actually uh, have self self-injuring behaviors, because of like depression. They've both had like suicidal thoughts, uh, so that's why I really get behind these two women, because I, I have sympathy for for women that uh, have those issues. Tony Storm is a, a well put together, strong woman. Uh, she doesn't miss leg days at the gym, that's for sure. If you've seen her glutes and thighs, she's not. She doesn't have a. She's not fat in that area, which is what a lot of people are gonna say. That you can tell that's solid muscle from her waist down. <laughs> uh, so, I'd like to see how much she squats. So this match was my second favorite match of the night. The women stole the show, and I forgot how good these women can be when I said, eh, I don't care about this match. They put on a heck of a match. Um, you know, Liv Morgan, Zelina, Carmella, they were out there for their team first. And then it, what I wanted to see happen for Rhea or Tony It actually took place, but with Bianca Belair. She was the only person left on Team Raw. And there were four very good women wrestlers left for Team SmackDown. Or Team... Shoot, my team's back. No, I don't. There were four good women wrestlers left for Team SmackDown. And Bianca was there by herself and she had to overcome all the odds. And she is just, she might be the best athlete in wrestling. Certainly the best, the most athletic woman in wrestling right now, Uh, her and Naomi. Charlotte gets the credit because she can do a moonsault. I could do a moonsault with practice. Okay, Big Van Vader who was a great wrestler. Don't get me wrong; he was better in Japan than he was in the United States. But he could do a moonsault, and he was like 400 pounds. The the athleticism of Bianca Belair, plus her strength, she is a strong woman that can press slam other women over her head. Uh, and she's a good Christian too Uh, I really like her and Montez Ford for their faith every day on Twitter Montez Ford tweets God is good Uh, so and they're a couple by the way so Bianca went through the last four women on Team Smackdown to get the win for Team Raw And this match stole the night. uh, Right behind uh, Charlotte and Becky. It's hard to say which was the better, more entertaining match. But Charlotte and Becky had that old grudge match feel to it. So I said that was my favorite match. Followed by the women's Survivor Series match. So overall... It was a better pay per view than I expected. The men's Survivor Series match disappointed me. Shinsuke versus Damian Priest disappointed me. Um, <clears throat> the Usos versus RK Bro, I didn't watch much of the match. Um, and then Biggie and. Uh, Roman put on a great match to end the show and uh, impressed me greatly. So it wasn't WWE's best pay per view. It's the last one of the year. They canceled the December pay per view. They have a pay per view on January 1st called Day One. Now, is there something behind that? Like this is going to be day one of a new era we've been promised that before by wwe and they did not deliver on it uh so i don't know what wwe day one is it's probably just a name they came up with uh the next good big show is going to be nxt um what did i call it nxt um war games, sorry, December 5th, spend the five bucks, get yourself the Peacock Network for Christmas, and watch NXT war games, and if Triple H is back running NXT, and not Johnny Ace, and not Bruce Prichard, and not Vince, you'll see what wrestling is supposed to be. Okay? Okay. Hey, God bless y'all. Pray for one another, one another, another, another. Uh, And let's hope my favorite sport improves, because right now the best wrestling, no matter what you think of certain wrestlers in AEW, the best wrestling is either the Independent Circuit or AEW. And then NXT is up there with AEW. But I just, when I look at the NXT set and the colors and stuff, I feel like I'm watching Saved by the Bell wrestling on steroids. (laughs) So anyways, God bless y'all. Pray for one another. Thanks for uh, listening and watching. This is Big John on Americana, the American way. Hey, our 16th president who saved the union, Abe Lincoln, was a wrestler. So don't make fun of wrestling. Because if you do... You hate Abe Lincoln and the baby Jesus. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. I'm an idiot. All right.